The object is to make people everywhere conscious of the importance of human rights and freedoms. You're listening to the Caravan of Hope podcast. Peace, safety and well-being for every human being on earth. Let them be justice for all. Let them be peace for all. Let them be work, bread, water and salt for all. Hi and welcome back to the Caravan of Hope, our weekly podcast with um, COVID Omatic and myself, Brent Caldwell. Um, <clears throat> COVID, maybe this week, it's our second episode, we might want to reiterate um, what Caravan of Hope is all about. Um, well, Caravan of Hope is about bringing peace, safety and well-being for every human being on earth. Okay, and um, I guess the, the context for um, what we've been talking about in recent weeks has been the conflict in um, Gaza. Yeah. Um, people listening to this podcast for the first time might be thinking, you know, are we taking a particular point of view? Are we backing any particular faction? What, what's the kaupapa bet, uh, about our view of things? Um, well, we're actually uh, backing... We're taking the side of human beings. Um, and I think that's essentially what this podcast is about, is about us being human beings, talking about what's happening to other human beings in a more simple way. So if, for instance, this podcast goes on for a, a number of months, you know, today we're talking about Gaza, but in the future we might be talking about a different context. But at the heart of it, what we're really talking about is... Um, what is happening to human beings on this planet? Yeah, uh, particularly ones where people are being exploited or people being taken advantage of or they're being um, in a war zone, they're being threatened, um, you know, and there's a lot of that happening around the world, not just Gaza, but actually at the present moment there's a lot happening all around the world. Yeah. So if I'm thinking of our aims, it's about generating positive change for the world through nonviolent action. Yeah. Um, moving from greed and competition to sharing and cooperation. Yeah. And moving from fear and hatred to love and hope. That's right. Big aims. Big aims, yeah. Yeah. We've got a few big aims here, but uh, we might as well aim big. Okay. And we might get there. Okay, so um, if I'm thinking about what we're what our co-papa for today is, um, and anyone listening who isn't understanding some of the words I'm using, if you're listening from overseas, I'm using the uh, one of the official languages of Aotearoa New Zealand, which is Te Reo Māori, and co-papa means the idea or the overarching theme. So our overarching theme today is um, to talk a wee bit about questioning some of the terms that have been used in the reporting of what's happening in Gaza, particularly in mainstream media. Yeah. And then we're going to do a wee practical exercise about actions you can take. And I'm going to probably do something I've probably only done once before, I think, and that's um, go through the steps about how to um, email our politicians. So we're, we're going to do that here as part of the podcast. That sounds great. Awesome. Okay, so um, you want to talk about some of the terms that are being used in the reportage around Gaza? Um, yes, well, probably the first thing, probably to bring it up to date, I think last time we talked was actually while the conflict was still happening 
and since that time they've had a ceasefire called a humanitarian ceasefire or a humanitarian pause. Yeah. Which was, I, th I think everybody around the world was just so delighted when that happened. I mean, it was like a, the sigh of relief. Mm. My own sigh of relief was huge and I think everybody I know was like, oh, thank goodness that's not happening. Uh, but unfortunately, it started up again. Um, and so there is uh, the Israeli government under Netanyahu is once again going to uh, bomb various places in Gaza and bring its troops in and its tanks into southern Gaza um, <coughs> with the hope of, I don't know, eradicating Hamas. But the problem is, um, as we've seen from the, f the first seven weeks of this conflict, is there's absolutely a huge number of people getting killed, innocent people, mm. women, men and children. And one of the terms that they use is, well, this is collateral damage. Um, you often hear that used <laughs> in terms of um, uh, warfare and conflict and um, particularly when it comes to bombing and, tar and what they might call strategic targeting. Yeah, well, I, I think it's a term that's probably actually not applicable now because in the old days, if you dropped a bomb uh, somewhere, it was quite likely that parts of it would spread out and maybe kill other people. Yeah. But at the moment, uh, from what I've seen, what you see on the TV is they are completely accurate about what they do and with drones and with all the systems they have now, they can, they can actually bomb things to within probably a square metre Okay. Um, so the collateral damage, I mean, I was thinking about that, a, a strange little story, this is a side story, but last night we were doing some cooking and we've got this um, air fryer which we keep next to the stove. We haven't used it for a while. And I picked it up and the air fryer's got all this grease over it, which is a result of it being sitting next to the stove. Mm. So this was kind of like collateral damage from the cooker mm. onto the air fryer. Mm. Um, but what I feel is that people use collateral damage, particularly people who are uh, um, the people actually doing the violence, doing the bombing, mm. as a way of kind of saying, oh, well, you know, this is, has to happen. Mm. But actually it doesn't have to happen, you know. In fact, killing anybody is not good. Some of the counter propaganda around um, reports of um, sort of indiscriminate collateral damage are that um, people are warned to leave those places ahead of time. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just looking on the internet here and it says that collateral damage is the unintended harm to civilians in the course of military operations. Yeah. Well, yes, they are. They are warned to leave and it's kind of like, well, actually, if you're trying to find a Hamas person and you warn people to leave their building because you're going to demolish it, uh, wouldn't the Hamas person leave anyway? Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, when you see what they've done in parts mm. of northern Gaza, mm. you know. Mm. And the problem is they say, they ring them up, say, we're going to bomb your apartment, go to this safe place, but actually in the past the safe places have actually not been safe. They've bombed them on the way there, and when they've taken shelter in schools and hospitals, they've bombed those too. Yeah, and if we look at, um, you know, the latest figures um, that Al Jazeera are publishing around um, 
casualties. You know, there's been 15,899 Palestinians killed since October the, the 2nd, and I think the Israeli death toll stands at something around um, 1,200. Um, that's, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of lives lost. It's a lot of lives, and, and uh, other ones I've had, I'm not sure how old that one is, but I would have said... Five hours ago, it says. Okay. Um, there's also, you know, 7,000 people missing who are presumably under the rubble. Right, who okay. they can't get out. Plus there's about 30,000 uh, Palestinians have been injured, which is huge. I mean, yeah. what's, what's their lives going to be like? Um, and have you got another f- term that you've heard that you have been thinking about? Well, the other interesting one was I noticed that in the news the, they used the term for the, the people, the Palestinians, um, that have been taken by the Israelis. The Israelis have gone into the West Bank in particular, but into Gaza, and uh, ripped people out of their homes and taken them and put them in prison. They call them prisoners. And there's about 3,000 of those since October the 8th. Um, Whereas the Hamas, when they went across the border and took people from their homes and took them back, it was about 240 people, they're called hostages. Somehow the the hostage kind of prisoner thing is an interesting dilemma. I mean, they're both people who've been taken away from their homes by force, Mm. kept by force. Because if I think of what the definition of the word hostage means, I kind of think of it as a person seized or held as a security for the fulfilment of a condition. That sounds like a definition of the <laughs> from the internet or something. It is. That's exactly what it is. It is. Yeah. Um, yes, but it's it's kind of like it's both the same, you know. Mm. You call one a prisoner and you call one a hostage. It's, okay. it, the sort of the reporting of the news is, I'm afraid, very biased towards Israel, except if you're watching Al Jazeera, probably. Mm. Okay. So a couple of words we can be listening out for and just be maybe wondering exactly in what context they've been using our collateral and the, the phrase hostage and prisoner. Yes, and, and one of the things that's happening amongst many armies around the world is that they are recruiting people who are gamers, who... Um, you know, I noticed that my son, most of the games he plays are war games where you're shooting people. Mm-hmm. And these gamers are expert, absolute expert at being able to get the target and they hire them, they take them on, uh, show them movies about 9-11 and that they're going to be helping get rid of terrorists mm-hmm. and then put them into situations where they are, um, you know manning a, a drone, I don't know if that's what you call it. Because mm, there was the um, there was an, a, a, guard, a, a Guardian article from um, February of 2015 which kind of talked about this, and I know there's the the movie Eye in the Sky, I think it's called, and, yeah, um, yeah there's people just walking out to little huts in Utah or somewhere in the desert in Nevada, and they're flying these things and doing it in real time. Yeah, well, they're doing it in real time probably when... when you see drones shooting in the window, um, you know, that's that's kind of what you would do if you're in one of these games. But unfortunately, mm. these gamers are now there and the targets they're looking at are generally blanked out so they can't see they're really human beings. Mm. Um, and, you know, they're just... They're killing people. And it's horrendous for the gamers when they realise what's happening. 
Okay. Um, yeah, maybe something to explore there. It's not yeah. something I'm I'm aware of other than what I've seen on in that article in the Guardian and and in the movies. I wasn't aware that it was might have been something that's happening with the. Uh, I think there's another movie called Drone. Okay. Um, which has been come out recently. Okay. We so, can do a wee search for that. Yeah. Okay. Now. And, and 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 I think also there's a there's something too like we we want to inspire people to be agents of change we want people to actually to do things yeah and often people wonder you know how can i help like people i talk to they one of the there's another word i want to bring in actually i didn't tell you about this before i'm just going to spring it on you oh look i love surprises it's, <laughs> it's complicated when i talk to people i go isn't it horrific you know we should do something about it people go oh it's complicated and what I realise is this is a term that people use like in order to stop things. I'm, I'm not criticising the people I'm talking to. They picked it up from the TV or the media. But actually, when you see women and children being killed and you see hundreds of dead bodies and you see hospitals being destroyed and schools being destroyed, mm. it's actually quite simple. It's a bit like the emperor with new clothes. You know, the emperor has... The emperor actually has no clothes, but all, all the people are going, oh, yes, what beautiful clothes you've got. Mm. Well, actually, this is horrendous stuff that's happening. But somehow people go, oh, it's complicated. We can't actually do something about it. So when I hear you say that, what I think you're saying is you hear people saying something, it's complicated. They're really saying, I don't want to have to state my position on it because, I, A, I haven't clarified my thinking on it, or... Um, it's it's probably not something that can be solved in thirty seconds. Um, well, I think it, they're making it complicated rather than it is. Maybe it's an excuse, mm. an excuse for not to do something, and that comes because we all feel helpless. We all mm. feel hopeless when you watch it. You feel helpless. You mm. feel devastated. I've I've got a couple of friends who are in their eighties who've been um, peace people you know they've been uh, demonstrating campaigning for peace for 50 years you know and when they heard the ceasefire it ended I, I saw them and and they were just devastated yeah. you know they're just like they're you know every, everything they've been fighting for for years and you kind of think surely we've developed in the last 50 years you know as a human beings we've developed we've we've we do some amazing things around the world you know we seem very good at using words, but actions seem to take an awful lot longer. Yeah. And, you know, if you look back over the, say, the 20th century, the, the, the incidence of humanity triumphing through action is... There isn't a, a big hit rate. Well, in terms of conflicts, I mean, there are a, a huge number of things which humanity has done which is really amazing, like advances in health advances in education mm. um, you know I, I see hope because I don't know if I said it last time but uh, my relative of mine who's a surgeon he um, goes to these conferences all over the world and they all talk about the specific thing they're interested in mm. and it's people from all over the world it's mm. people from Israel and people from Palestine and people from South America and people from Russia and people from China from the USA and they're all talking about how they can make things better for each other they're sharing information 
you know, and it's like, so it is possible we can do that as human beings. We can actually work towards common good rather than mm. this, this trying to destroy people or trying to get, I don't know, get resources or get, you know, get power or something or other, you know. Mm. Mm. I was almost tempted to say <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> It is complicated. Yeah. It, in one sense, it's complicated, but in another, compli- another sense, it's like actually when you see children on the TV yeah. being killed or you see these bodies, mm. well, the first reaction I have, and I think most people have, is this is wrong. Yeah. There's no complication about that. Mm. Is this right or is it wrong? You ask 99% of the people in the world, they're going to say it's wrong. Yeah. I so, think that... so then, then the action comes from there. Mm. Because when I hear you say that, I kind of think that um, people who have a position on this would say, yes, but. Well, they have a position. They've made it complicated. Mm. Whereas, in mm. fact, as a human being, you know, it's, it's very simple. It should stop. I'm looking at the Collins Dictionary as oh, we okay. speak, and it says that if you say that something is complicated, you mean it has so many parts or aspects that it's difficult to understand or deal with and the example that they give is the situation in Lebanon is very complicated. So right. the Middle East is, it's almost like um, that's something people get out first and foremost when they're talking about it be- because of the fact that there's so many factions and there's so much history and at which point do you start um, and how far back do you go, those, those kinds of things. But I guess... I, I, I think I think the problem is people kind of look rather than going, okay, we need to just stop the bloodshed happening now. Yeah. They go into the whole thing, well, what's the thing behind it and what's, what's mm. everything? Mm. Well, actually, the initial thing you can do without having to deal with all of that is stop the bloodshed. Mm. And it would only take a few countries, notably the USA, to say, stop it, and it would be stopped. Mm. Mm. They have, they have. I mean, they are a huge backer of Israel, both in in aid and in military equipment. And I guess that's probably part of the, dare I say it, complication. The complication is that um, allies are allies for a reason, mm. uh, because they help each other achieve their goals. And you have to wonder, you know, if they're allowing a certain amount of retaliation or. The, the people who back Hamas are allowing them to continue because it suits some long, longer-term strategic goals. And, and I think that's where the, um, it's nice to bring it straight back to a simple... Think of your family. Mm. Think of your house being destroyed. What would you hope yeah. that your fellow human citizens would do now. to assist you now? now. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying those terms. Um, <laughs> it's funny, it's like, it's like when you buy a new car, you get a new pair of shoes, you suddenly see how many people are driving that car or wearing those shoes. So yeah. now that you've said about collateral hostages, prisoners, yeah. and what was the other one? Complicated. Yeah, complicated. Well, it'll be interesting to see how much that... <laughs> I, my ears prick up when I'm watching the news. That's right. Um, Part of Caravan of Hope's sort of mission is to um, empower people to take a bit of action. Yeah. And um, so as a practical aspect of today's um, podcast, we're going to actually take a wee bit of action. We're going to 
go through the process of emailing our elected representatives and... Um, Particularly the Prime Minister. Well, I've chosen the, the, the new Prime Minister of Aotearoa, New Zealand, Mr Chris Luxon. Yeah. And so I'm going to email him and um, just for the benefit of our listeners who are in Aotearoa, New Zealand, if you're listening and you've never done it before, um, we're going to make it real easy for you. So on our website today, um, we've just um, cut and pasted some suggested text from the website for Amnesty International, um, links of which are on the page uh, under Taking Action, um, you, you can find that there. Or you can go directly to Amnesty International. Uncle Google will probably help you find things to say too. But um, I think it's worth reminding people that if ever you correspond with an elected official, they are duty-bound to reply. It may be some minion in the beehive, which is our um, the, the home of our, our government, but um, it's about being... A participant in a democracy doesn't mean you just vote every three years. That means there are other things you can do. Um, and we've seen protests on the streets in Auckland and around the country today about the deconstruction of the use of te reo Māori and um, official things. And so that's one way you can do You can demonstrate. We might talk about some of the peace marches and things in our next episode. But today we're just focusing on emailing elected representatives and how we go about that. So um, do you want to take us through that? Uh, well, how can I help? It's actually under how can I help. Okay, cool. Um, and so if you wanted to write to your MP or your Prime Minister or in a different country it will be a senator or congressman it'll be a fairly similar thing so but for the practical purposes today we're just going to try and email the new zealand government so on our website we've we've done a bit of a cut and paste off the parliamentary website which um, tells us what to do so if you read out the instructions i'm going to see how easy it is okay so you go to the list of current members of parliament. And so we'll just click the link on the website and that will take us to the MPs. And there it is. And so I'll just do uh, a surname. Then so. you choose how you want to list the display. Like, do you want to have it by the party or by the person? Or Yeah, so I've gone alphabetical and I've found Christopher Luxon. Yeah. And there he is there. You click on the, the member's name, go to a page that includes their contact details and parliamentary biography. Yep. And then you just say, dear Prime Minister. Okay, so I will do that now. And, of course, then, I click the link and my email program opens up. And I'll use my usual signature, which um, just has my... Uh, address and all that bits on the bottom in case he wants to pop around and have a cup of tea. I think it is, it is important, I think, you to have your uh, some means whether they can contact you. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, usually they're going to contact you by email. Yeah, so in my footer I usually have my name, my email address and my phone number. But right. um, that's good. And what should my subject line be? Oh. Uh, stopping the bloodshed in Gaza. Well, maybe we should put Palestine, actually, because they, uh, although they did stop in Gaza, they've still, they've gone, yeah, some of the Netanyahu's government forces have started going into the West Bank 
killing people, imprisoning people, and... Um, well, for the sake of clarity, I'm going to just put um, Gaza in my subject line because okay. that's what's on top for me and that's yeah. um, and, and, and what's been happening. So I've just cut and pasted my text from the website yeah. which basically says we urge all parties, including the international community, to work to stop the bloodshed in Gaza. Yeah. Under international humanitarian law, all sides in a conflict have a clear obligation to protect the lives of civilians caught up in the hostilities and all parties must live up to these obligations. We condemn the indiscriminate heavy bombardment of the Gaza Strip and the cutting off of energy, food, medical and water supplies, which amplifies the daily suffering of the trapped population. Okay. Um, and do I want to put something personal to the Prime Minister himself? Because I've, I've urged him, I've condemned, but I probably want, what do I want him to do? Um... Or I just say we wish you to condemn. We wish you to condemn it because I don't think he's actually come out and said anything about it yet, has he? No, no. Which is unfortunate. You think as a human being you would be able to mm. say something as a human being. So I've just changed that paragraph that says uh, we condemn to we wish you and your government to condemn the indiscriminate heavy bombarding. And I'm just going to leave it. We, we really want to put something about there should be a permanent ceasefire. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we urge you to call for an immediate ceasefire. A immediate and permanent. Immediate and permanent. Yeah. Okay. And oh, just, my spelling is terrible today. And then at the bottom we can have yours sincerely. Yep, I've got uh, Brent, Brent Caldwell. Yep. And COVID Omatic. I'm going to let you do your own. Well, I think as we've got we, we should have two people there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Just good. looking at the grammar. Uh, okay. Talking to a former school teacher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Talk like about I... being outed in a podcast. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Right, so I'm going to send that off now. And um, so there we go. We've exercised our democratic right to petition our elected officials. And, and I want to say this is really important because in some countries like um, Germany is notable, and I think Holland is too, they've actually outlawed demonstrations which are calling for peace. If you demonstrate in Germany now, you can likely be put in prison. If you're wow. actually saying, I want the conflict in Gaza to end, hmm. which is horrendous. And do we know why that's happening? Huh? And do we know why that's happening? Uh, well, there we have to do, do a little bit of speculation, but um, the previous Prime Minister, Angela Merkel, who would have been very much on the side of peace, hmm. um, recently ended her term of office and there's a more right-wing person. Mm. Um, I, I can't say exactly why it's happening. Well, it could be a wee bit of homework for us. We could try and find out. Um, but uh, Well, I think it's why I'm saying it's speculation because it could be that they're, 
they're um, towing the line with the USA or it could yeah. be because they're feeling guilty about what happened in the Second World War. And look at that, I've had an automatic reply from Mr Luxon already. He's quick, isn't he? Saying, thanks for taking the time to email me. He can't respond to every message, but please be assured my comments will be read and noted and if necessary, I'll get a more detailed response from his office in the meantime. Okay. Um, there we go. And, and it's important because, you know, our MPs actually are there to um, act on our behalf. Mm. And if we don't do anything, like I'm thinking about in the past, like with Ukraine, I didn't write any letters at all, just thinking, oh, well, the MPs would, would know. Mm. And in fact, you know, the country as a whole was generally against what was happening in the Ukraine. Mm. But we actually had to let our elected officials know or else they think you don't care. Yeah. And um, <coughs> emails are a really good way to do it. You don't emails have to go to the post box and buy a stamp. You just send it and go, and it's still an official way of communicating. You can do a letter too. The, the last thing I'd like to say is that you may not necessarily want to act on this issue, but it may be that in your life you see something. For instance, you might see the forests are getting cut down in Borneo and there's no place for the orangutans to live. Um, so w what I'm appealing to is that all of us as human beings, we have a sense of what is right or wrong. It's not necessarily what somebody tells us. But when you see something, oh, that's wrong, then I urge you to take action. And I when, guess from my educational background, yeah, um, you know, as a school principal, when we would consult our community, if the community didn't speak, we took that as um, uh, support for the status quo of what we were doing. Right. So, yeah, people need to people need to be heard, and um, to be heard, you actually have to take action. And you can do this on your phone, on yeah. your laptop. You can do it anywhere. So, um, I I really encourage you to to get involved and um, join the caravan. I hope, and let's yeah. do everything that we can to create peace, safety and well-being for every human being on earth. That sounds very good. Thank you very much, Brent. May you be well, may you be happy, may you live with ease. Thank you very much. The object is to make people everywhere conscious of the importance of human rights you're listening to the Caravan of Hope podcast. Peace, safety, and well-being for every human being on earth. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. Let there be work, bread, water, and salt for all.